Good afternoon, Kodo listeners. Um, we were literally just having a conversation about what we're going to be talking about during <laughs> our updates. And we figured, hey, let's get on the mic and actually have that conversation. Um, this is Julia Caulfield from the news team. I am here with Claudia Garcia Curcio and Grace Franklin for our weekly COVID noon update, although we might be focusing a little bit not on COVID today. So um, thank you both for being here. Grace, I'll pass it to you. So, como siempre, vamos a estar aquí con las noticias de las 12. Vamos a empezar a hablar um, sobre la vacuna de la gripa. Um, y Grace va a empezar con nosotros. Estamos con Grace y yo voy a hacer la interpretación y vamos a empezar con Grace. Great, thanks. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, though, the, the non-COVID things, it's all interrelated, right? So, it, we won't get too far um, from COVID items. Um, so just a general quick update about COVID, the state of COVID in San Miguel County and our state. Um, right now we still maintained a moderate disease level. We're seeing a lot of transmission in households. Um, so we're seeing kids getting infected and then it's spreading very rapidly within the house, um, which we're seeing is more common with the Delta variant that um, because it's more transmissible, the likelihood of family members getting sick is higher. So, como siempre, sí vamos a hablar de la gripa y casi todo está conectado. Pero las noticias de COVID en el condado de San Miguel, ahorita lo que estamos viendo es tras, um, los transmitos durante en, en el hogar. Sabiendo que a lo mejor un niño pueda tener COVID y se lo pasa a la familia que vive en ese, ese hogar. Y sabemos eso por el Delta en que se pasa rápidamente así. Statewide, our cases and hospitalizations have been ticking up as well, but not um, super substantially. And looking at predictive models, um, it shows that we'll hit this peak in mid-October, and then um, our cases should uh, start to decline over the next month or so slowly. Y en el estado hemos visto poquito uh, número subiendo, pero no, no tan grave. Y vamos a ver que a lo mejor puede subir el medio de octubre. Pero pasando esas fechas o ese mes en medio, vamos a ver casos uh, bajando esos números. Um, and then the last big update in um, the COVID world is that um, there's lots of meetings with the FDA on the books over this month um, to discuss Moderna for a third dose for um, the general population, J&J, &J, what that looks like moving forward and then um, Pfizer vaccines for um, individuals 5 to 11 years old. So as we're waiting for more information and guidance, we're in a bit of a holding pattern, sticking to the best practices, the five commitments, the indoor mask um, mandate that we have currently through um, the rest of this month, and we'll be um, keeping a close eye on everything. So, como siempre, uh, con COVID hay not, uh, muchas juntas con el FDA, uh, hablando sobre la tercera vacuna de mi dorma, uh, también de Johnson Johnson y que, que estamos viendo para esa tercera vacuna. Pero también Pfizer está planeando de ver una vacuna de niños de edad 5 a 11 años um, y moviéndonos casi arriba para, para estamos esperando y viendo um, qué va a pasar. Uh, pero lo mismo les, les recuerdo con los cinco compromisos, tener las máscaras uh, puestas adentro en los edificios hasta el fin de este mes. Can I ask a couple questions before yes. we move into flu stuff? Um, I am curious about the household spread. Obviously, mm -hmm. we don't want more people getting sick, mm -hmm. but there is, I guess in my brain at least, to some extent, it's like, yeah, if you're in a household 
there's a decent chance you might spread it just because that is a place where those um, five commitments aren't being yeah. followed as harshly or not harshly. Or at all. At all, right? right? Please, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is that something that from a public health perspective, obviously people getting COVID is of concern, but is mm-hmm. spread within a household like, oh no, that's really something we need to try and clamp down on? So la pregunta es sabiendo que um, muchas personas están enfermándose, agarrando el virus en el hogar y es un poquito difícil que uno siga con los cinco compromisos en el hogar y respetamente bien te es, es lo que pasa, estás en tu hogar, no vas a estar uh, estresado o pensando de tener tu máscara en tu hogar. Pero viendo todo lo que está pasando en, en luz de ser de um, salud pública, le dijimos a la comunidad que tenga más cuidado que piensa. Yeah, um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, so it, there's a few different pieces to this. So this is going to be a long-winded answer um, per usual. Um, with the previous variants and the original strain of COVID, um, household transmission was if one person was sick, and this was before vaccines were widely available, right? Um, if one person in your household sick, there's a 40% chance that um, other people in your household will also get sick. With the Delta variant, it looks closer to 80% likelihood that you'll get sick. And we've been seeing um, breakthroughs with um, vaccinated family members as well. So, this es una pregunta muy buena, como siempre, y mi respuesta puede ser un poquito larga. Pero um, cuando empezamos con COVID, um, sabíamos que si una persona en su hogar se enfermara y no estaba vacunado, um, 40% de, de esa uh, puede tener que se puede enfermar. Viendo el Delta, el, um, lo que estamos viendo con Delta, es el 80% que se va a enfermar. We have a call. Can we bring them up and then... Hi, you're live on Kodo. Maybe not. Oh, nope. Can I tell you, I've been having, <laughs> everybody who has been listening, I've been having so many, <laughs> so much trouble with this new board and these new phones. Mm-hmm. I think I get it right, and then I don't. I just found out that we got new phones for our office, and I set something up wrong, so <laughs> my phone hasn't been accepting calls for over a month. Have you been um, loving that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I've missed a lot. So I, I dislike the fact that I was not accessible, but I was like, wow, this is so peaceful. Um <laughs> Oh. Okay. We're going to try it again. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Hey, I'm live? Yes. Did you, did you have a question for our public health update, or are you trying to talk about something different? Oh, something totally different. Okay. But, um, I'm going to put you on hold, exactly. and, and we'll grab you offline, okay? Thank you. Appreciate right, it. One second. Okay, cheers. Where were we? Oh, so household transmission. 80% get sick from Delta variant. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So the stakes are higher, right, one. Um, but to your point, we're seeing a higher caseload because of this. And so our team um, right now, we're looking at the data to say, what is the true implications on a much more specific level? And we haven't looked into that deeply yet because we just started noticing this pattern over the last month. 
so sabiendo que el riesgo es un poquito más grande más, uh, y viendo los números um, un poquito subiendo um, y nuestro equipo está viendo qué significa estos números, um, cómo mover adelante y cómo decir a, a la comunidad qué se necesita hacer. So I think that the, the key reason why this is a concern overall is two-pronged. Um, the first one is the more this virus circulates, um, the more it spreads and the more likely it is to mutate. And then the second one is even with vaccines in households, we are seeing spread. And so if, if we're like, well, our kids are, they have pretty mild symptoms and that's okay that could still negatively impact grandma, right? Or someone who is uh, more vulnerable, um, even though they have an added layer of protection, which is vaccines. Um, so until we can get this younger group vaccinated or have that opportunity, it's just, it's this like vicious cycle of um, unnecessary spread. So, sabiendo esto, tengo dos puntos. Uno, um, si el virus se sigue moviendo, se va a seguir cambia, uh, cambiando y, y cambiando rápidamente. Dos, um, aunque uno esté vacunado en el hogar, todavía uno se puede um, transmitir el, el virus. Y aunque los niños um, tengan el virus y no tengan muchos síntomas, ¿qué va a pasar con la abuelita um, que está vacunada, está protegida, pero está un poquito más en peligro de enfermarse o estar um, un poquito más grave? Solo importante es que tengamos a este grupo menor uh, más este, vacunados para tratar de parar um, el, tra el transmito del virus. And then you, you touched on it, but is there any... Um more information that you're able to share in terms of like what booster shots could look like, but then especially for the Pfizer is the closest one to being um, authorized for younger kiddos. Pero tienes más información si puedes compartir sobre la tercera um, vacuna que se dice booster shot, um, más uh, específicamente con Pfizer, con los niños más pequeños. Oh yeah, the rabbit hole of likely scenarios is is really deep. Um, <laughs> um, every single week as a state when we meet, it, it changes a little bit um, as we learn more. But um, the big high level crystal ball is that Moderna will be approved for a third dose um, at a half dose of what it currently is, same formula. And why is that for the half dose? Sorry. It's okay. Uh Um, so sabiendo um, que Pfizer sí uh, puede moverse adelante, pero cada semana vemos algo diferente. Pero Moderna um, están hablando que sí van a tener una tercera vacuna, mitad de lo que es la, la vacuna que tienen. Y Julio dice, ¿por, ¿por qué es eso? Oh, my goodness. Okay, this is in the weeds. Um, so a Pfizer vaccine is 0.3 milliliter dose of um, liquid right and then moderna is 0.5 milliliter dose so um already it, it's a larger dose um similar to the flu vaccine um when you're over 65 we give a high dose which is just 0.2 milliliters more so it just amps up your immune system a bit more i'll pause there well <laughs> yeah so visor se puede decir que tienes de la vacuna 0.3 um de líquido pero mi derma tiene 0.5, um, que es casi igual 
que de la gripa, la vacuna de la gripa, y por eso decimos que personas que tienen 65 años más reciben punto dos más. Um, so there's there's a greater in theory with the larger amount there's a greater immune response um, to this virus or the uh, vaccine with the moderna 2 research is showing that um, immunity is not waning or going away um, quite as um, as significantly and how well it works has been pretty much like um, the best on the market i guess you could say in more fun terms So, sabiendo que Moderna es la mejor y lo que dicen ahorita que es la mejor ahorita el, um, que uno se puede estar usando, sabiendo toda esta información y todo lo que tiene. So, for immunocompromised people, it's still recommended to get that full dose just because we know that they don't have as strong of an immune response typically. So, we're just trying to boost it up some more. But for those that are healthy, um, that are younger and might not have as... Um, Uh, a severe anything to this virus or um, have a really strong immune system, um, it, it's not needed to have as much of this vaccine. Pero como siempre, si uno se está en riesgo de, de la salud o, o tiene diabetes o otras um, cosas que se necesita, le vamos a dar la vacuna completamente. Pero las personas que están saludables y un poquito menores de edad, o, o, va, vamos a bajar más porque no se necesita mucho a esas personas. And then talking about um, the... October. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the kids. Oh, let's talk about the kids. <laughs> Um, oh gosh, so Pfizer, this one's even more complicated, sorry, um, but right now there's a Pfizer formula that um, we have that's meant for ages 12 and above. Um, the FDA or Pfizer, the company, is coming out with a new formula where it's just mixed a little bit differently. It, it doesn't really change how it is, but it's just how it's packaged will be different. Um, and because of the ages and the kid size, it'll be a slightly smaller dose. And so um, we're expecting a smaller dose and then an easier to package version of the vaccine. So, hablando de los niños, um, 12 años, um, y arriba podemos decir que Pfizer está tratando de tener una nueva formulara diciendo uh, es, eso, esa edad va a poder agarrar la vacuna, pero va a ser diferente y nueva en vez de antes como estaba um, la formulara y cómo se tiene que quedar y todo eso. And because of that, they're applying for a completely different emergency use authorization. So we cannot interchange the different um, vials. Como siempre, um, no, como es todo nuevo, no podemos um, usar lo mismo que estábamos usando. Tiene que ser casi todo diferente. Yeah. So the last piece for this is just from the logistics standpoint, if you're a parent with a kid that's under 12 years old and you're like, What, when's my turn? Um, we um, can't pre-order. Once it's approved, the state will get allocated um, doses and the state will then just ship it to all the um, public health agencies. And when we get them, we get them. But we'll be notified probably four days in advance. So we have a lot of scenarios and plans in place to launch into action as soon as we have this, provide education and answer questions um, before the clinics start. 
Pero como siempre, ¿qué significa eso para los padres que tienen niños 12 años menor? Um, ¿Puedo estar en una lista de espera? Todo eso, cuando nosotros recibimos, vamos a recibir esto, vamos a informarles a todos ustedes um, de que tenemos las vacunas, pero eso vamos a saber cuatro días antes que nos van a mandar. Um, so ustedes van a estar con esa información pronto. And then before we go to flu, okay. I qu quickly want to ask, you know, you said that our numbers are kind of staying mm -hmm. elevated, but not super severe numbers across the state are kind of going up. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is, how are we comparing to around this time last year now that we have mm -hmm. that data? And then how are they able to model that mid-October is kind of the the height of when we expect this to then start dropping down. Uh, mi pregunta es, sabiendo que sus números casi están um, iguales, no subiendo mucho, um, ¿qué nos puedes decir um, cómo estamos este año uh, a vernos el año pasado y sabiendo que en medio de octubre vamos a bajar esos números? Mm -hmm. Okay. First question is, how do we compare to last year? Um, si last year we had very low um, COVID disease burden pretty much up until um, end of October, early November, um, when folks came back from off-season or stayed and then more people came. Um. So, con esos números puedo decir que el año pasado teníamos números bajos el fin de octubre y empezando en, no en noviembre cuando personas estaban regresando de off-season o la temporada que no, no trabaja. And th that makes sense when we think about what were our lifestyles back then and how... Um, cautious we were with um, everything and um, the fact that we've been able to resume um, a much more social lifestyle um, with maintaining um, this moderate level of disease. Pero eso todo se pone en cuenta como estamos en el año pasado um, y sabiendo que estábamos bien muy cuidados pero también viendo este año tenemos un poquito la vida más sociable y estamos uh, andando con personas más. What was the second question? Um, Mid-October? Yeah. Um, How are we saying that this is kind of the peak and then we're going down from here? Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it, it's like weather predicting, right? Um, you make a really educated guess, but um, the partly cloudy might just be like one cloud versus um, like a full um, sky filled with clouds. Es como um, tratando de averiguar que el clima es o cómo va a ser. Podemos ser una nube o más nubes. Um, va a cambiar. Uno no sabe. The Colorado School of Public Health is uh, has been working with the state health department um, to use um, epidemiologists, statisticians, and some other really smart people that this is their like world's life's work um, to take different um, factors and then um, plug in different scenarios to see what's the likely outcome. Eh, la Escuela de Salud de Colorado está usando a personas muy inteligentes para ver las facturas que puede pasar diferente en diferentes casos. Um, so they have a whole modeling formula that puts in um, the level of public health policies, so those stay-at-home measures, um, distancing, et cetera, um, that put into place how many people are vaccinated in the state, how many people have been infected with COVID in the state in the last 90 days, um, and then um, all these other factors to say 
this is the likely number of cases that we've seen. And overall, like when you look at what they predict, it usually falls within a, a reasonable deviation. Pero también sabiendo que ellos van a ver toda um, la factura, sabiendo um, quedándote en el hogar, teniendo tu distancia, cuántas personas han tenido um, la vacuna o tienen la vacuna, cuántos han est estado infectados con COVID en el, en, en el estado de Colorado, pero también en esos 90 días viendo todo lo que uno podemos um, saber y qué pueden ver ellos y ellos van a tener más información sobre eso. Awesome. Um, let's go to the flu. To the flu. Someone's actually just testing. Oh, I just was very loud there. I could hear that. Um, <laughs> texting from the flu clinic um, about stuff. So that's exciting. So tenemos clínicas de vacunas para la gripa. Um, okay. So the flu. Um, why? What can we do right now at, while we're in this kind of holding pattern? Um, and that would be for all of us to get our flu vaccine. ¿Qué podemos hacer ahorita como estamos uh, aquí esperando a ver qué números que, que podemos hacer? Pueden agarrar la, la vacuna de la gripa. Um, sorry, my brain just like fired off in 10 different directions right now. Um, and I totally zoned. Um, so um, the flu vaccine, um, it really helps limit um, severity of um, disease and so um, if you get the flu vaccine you're less likely to be hospitalized if you got infected you're less uh, you're more likely to have mild symptoms and the even better piece is you're less likely to get sick at all with the flu pero si tienes la vacuna de la gripa um, te puede ayudar a no ir al hospital si estás enfermo o los síntomas no son tan graves o a lo mejor no va no vas a agarrar la gripa. Every winter we have huge upticks in um, hospitalizations from the flu, and this kind of goes back to the household spread pieces. Our kids typically get sick, but it's other household members that are more vulnerable that um, have the more severe outcomes that we're trying to avoid. Pero como siempre, um, siempre vemos números subiendo arriba, personas que se van al hospital que tienen la gripa y lo mismo estaba diciendo que los niños se enferman durante este, este tiempo, este clima y las personas que son un poquito más uh, mayores se pueden enfermar. Um, so as we go into our second winter with COVID, um, we know that there'll be continued hospitalizations with COVID. There's going to be an uptick in flu hospitalizations as we've resumed more normal lives and then all these other respiratory illnesses. Pero como nos regresamos al segundo um, año eh, del invierno con COVID, vamos a ver esos números subir y vamos a ver números también que personas agarren la gripa y a lo mejor van a tener que ir al hospital. Um, so, yeah, the flu vaccine is another great tool to help protect our community, keep us healthy and keep us working. Pero como siempre, agarrando la vacuna de la gripa es una buena táctica para proteger a nuestra comunidad. Two questions mm -hmm. on that one, and one of them you touched on a little bit already, and that is, I think people have been calling it like the twindemic or something oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, as COVID remains a thing, although hopefully numbers continue to go down and flu season is mm -hmm. coming, um, you know, how, how, I guess, how do you think that those could play out in terms of what that looks like for our community 
going into the winter, having both of those. Pero como siempre sabiendo que COVID todo está aquí y la gripa va a estar aquí también, ¿cómo podemos ver eso en nuestra comunidad también sabiendo que este invierno puede ser una factura en todo esto? Um, yeah, so with the flu and COVID twindemic possibility, um, it really is how do how do these different viruses compound our resources um, and our, our hospital systems are really strained right now we're, we're moving along and making things work but um, with staffing shortages exhaustion transfers and beds being full um, it's really when you stack things on top of one another um, what are those greater implications and how will this affect how our hospitals are able to treat um, flu and COVID and then anything else that's going on, whether it's um, necessary surgeries, trauma, or um, other emergencies. Pero como siempre sabiendo um, el sistema del hospital y qué difícil es muchas personas cansados durante este tiempo, las camas están llenas, uh, cómo puede afectar um, el hospital sabiendo que uno va a tener tratamiento para COVID, para la gripa, o también puede ser si va a haber cirugías o, o trama, todo eso se puede um, empacar muy, muy. Do you feel like you are now factoring flu into mm -hmm. how you're thinking about public health orders, even though it's, it's not, it isn't COVID, but could have impact or affect the same things that COVID does? Is that coming into your thought process? Pero también tú estás pensando, sabemos que no es COVID, pero es, es, el, es la gripa. Um, ¿Cómo uno hace las órdenes aquí en la salud pública? Pensando más, moviéndonos adelante para protegernos más y viendo sus números. It's definitely something that's on the radar for public health as a whole. And um, because as a state for public health orders, the number one concern is our hospital capacity. Um, and so there's a, a really strong focus on COVID, but it's everything else too. Pero si es como siempre nosotros en en el uh, salud pública estamos siempre pensando de eso y lo más importante es saber la capacidad que uno tiene en el hospital. And then a final question I wanted to ask: um, Given that flu symptoms and COVID symptoms mm -hmm. are not so dissimilar, if you have any of those, is there a way that you can be like, ah, I think this is the flu, not COVID, or if you kind of get those general, just like, assume it's COVID until mm -hmm. proven otherwise. So, sabiendo que la gripa y el COVID tienen síntomas muy um, uh, iguales, um, uno que puede ver que, okay, ese es la gripa, no es COVID, uno puede saber un poquito más sobre eso. I, I think that this is one of the harder pieces, too. Um, especially knowing that there's so many different respiratory illnesses that are coming um, down the pipeline. And how do you tell the difference? And you can't um, without a test, right? Um, so I think the key piece is if you're feeling sick um, to get a COVID test, if you're feeling really sick, go see your provider. And they could also do flu tests, strep tests, all those other pieces and really get a better sense of what's going on. Um, and then this is part of the divide, too, of um, life if you're fully vaccinated um, versus if you're not. Um, if you are fully vaccinated, you have a negative COVID test. Um, there's a little bit more data points there um, to support that it could be something else, where if you're unvaccinated, best practice is to stay home for 10 days 
regardless. So, sabiendo que es difícil um, decir, porque muchas personas tienen enfermedades respiratorias, um, y es difícil, pero lo, lo mejor que uno puede hacer es agarrar un examen para, para saber si es COVID. Uh, o también poder ver a su doctor. Um, ellos tienen también uh, pruebas para la gripa o lo que se necesita. Pero si estás vacunado completamente y agarras un... Uh, un examen o una prueba negativa puede ser otra cosa. Pero si no estás vacunado y te sientes enfermo, es agarrar la prueba, pero también quedándote en tu hogar 10 días. Grace, we're going to let you go. Claudia, you as well. You don't have to stay. <laughs> oh. um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we take off? Yes. Antes de ir, Grace nos da más información sobre las clínicas de la gripa. Yeah, so we have um, flu clinics throughout the rest of October, um, and we'll be um, posting clinics in November as well soon. Um, all of our clinics um, have um, somebody who speaks Spanish, so um, we can definitely provide um, quality health care to both English speakers and Spanish speakers. Um, but I would like to put the biggest plug for October 22nd. We're doing um, a Moderna COVID-19 clinic at the um, Telluride Intermediate School gym. Um, and we'll also be um, providing flu vaccines at that time. So that'll be our highest, um, largest clinic where we'll have staff that um, can help pretty much anybody in our county um, that are interested in the flu. Vamos a tener uh, clínicas de la gripa durante el mes de octubre y también en noviembre. Uh, y tenemos una persona que habla español que va a poder um, ayudar a esas personas um, si hablan español. Pero lo más importante es el 22 de octubre vamos a tener una clínica de Mederma uh, y también de, um, de la gripa en la escuela, en el, en el gimnasio de la escuela. What time? Oh, what time? It's in the afternoon. Mm, I should know this off the top It's of my head. It's in the tarde. Um, <laughs> pero ahí uno puede ir, eh, las personas que viven en nuestro condado, por si quieren um, la vacuna de la gripa o la vacuna de COVID, que es Moderna. And if, you, if you're um, a Spanish speaker and um, you want some help uh, registering online, Andres Jacinto is now with Public Health as our community outreach specialist, and his phone number is 970-708-8422, and um, he's here to help um, navigate some of these um, systems and help um, connect folks to the clinics. Y si um, ustedes um, hablan nada más español y tan información como registrarte, Andrés um, trabaja con la salud pública y uno puede marcarle su número para registrarse. Ese número es 970-708-042. Perfect. Um, Grace, Claudia, thank you both for being here today. Um, Koto listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more. Coming up at 1 p.m. at Sista Seaweed, 3 p.m. New Orleans Road Trip with Lou Guru, and then at 5 p.m. All Things Considered. Thanks for tuning in to KOTO Telluride.